Well, if no one among us is capable of governing himself, then who among us has the capacity to govern someone else? Hello, hardworking Americans. Thanks for tuning in to The Shrewsbury Show. I am your host, Colleen Shrewsbury, and you are listening to 93.3 FM WTRH Ramsey. Well, folks, Bernie Sanders strikes again. Today's lesson is the truth about this thing Bernie Sanders calls democratic socialism, a term he got from the old Soviets, by the way. Socialism and communism are the same thing. Communism just happened to gain a bad rap as a concept. Socialism has somehow escaped all the derision and negative connotation. Socialism's apologists have managed to do a good job of selling bridges and have only succeeded by deliberately removing all historical truth from American history books. I want to be clear about something. There's no such thing as democratic socialism. Lenin and his socialist thugs in the Soviet Union called themselves socialist democrats, but they were still socialists. The Bolshevik Revolution still led to the usage of a system responsible for the deaths of over 100 million people in the 20th century. That system is socialism. And let me say again, socialism and communism are the same thing. People like Bernie Sanders are pushing socialism onto America, and this is incredibly dangerous. Even though Bernie Sanders calls himself a democratic socialist, there's nothing about his tactics of evasion and deception that makes it any different from socialism. No matter what modifier you use, socialism is always the same. Back in 2016, Stella Morabito over at The Federalist wrote an article about socialism, and she said... Socialism demands that we place blind trust in whoever takes the reins of power to distribute society's goods and services. So, my question is, why should we trust that Bernie Sanders and whomever he would choose to be a part of his hypothetical administration know what they're doing? Why are they suddenly the all-knowing, wise, anointed ones? Why is it that socialists always believe that people are too stupid to make their own decisions and take care of themselves and that we need a self-appointed liberator to emancipate us from the supposed shackles of prosperous self-determination? No human being has ever gotten it, quote, right in the history of socialism. And every single one of these tyrants promised that it would be different this time and that we just need the right people to make the decisions. Or they say stupid things like, oh, that wasn't true socialism. Um, yes it is. Every catastrophic failure of socialism has always been true socialism. There's only one kind of socialism, and that's socialism. The system that inevitably leads to extreme poverty, starvation, lack of basic things like toilet paper, and brute force of government, and death. I suppose if you feel it necessary, you can call it democratic socialism, but it's still the same thing. This is not a system that we want to emulate in the United States. It is not a long-term solution. It's not even a short-term solution. And has anyone stopped to ask why the Soviet Union only lasted 69 years or why Venezuela is on the verge of being a failed state 21 years after Hugo Chavez convinced the country that socialism was a good idea? 
How about why America is the most prosperous country on earth and why people flee socialism to come to freedom in the U.S.? Or the fact that despite the 44-year Cold War between the U.S.'s capitalism and the Soviet Union's socialism, the U.S. is the one that survived and the Soviet Union is the one that completely collapsed. The Daily Show did a segment on the budding popularity of socialism amongst young people and, of course, they told us that those who decry socialism are, quote, old white dudes. So they want to bring in an expert on socialism. Naturally, that expert was Bernie Sanders, an old white dude. And when asked about his particular brand of socialism, Bernie made sure that he emphasized that he's not talking about the kind of socialism in Venezuela or the Soviet Union because, quote, obviously the Soviet Union was an authoritarian society with no democratic rights. And I think that if you know history, you know the democratic socialists fought and stood up against that. Hold up. Pause. He just referred to the Bolsheviks as democratic socialists the same term he uses to describe himself. These are the same people who brought socialism to the country that killed millions. First, even though people always refer to the Soviet Union as communist, the acronym says socialist right within it. And socialism and communism, again, for the millionth time, are the same thing. USSR stands for Union of Soviet Socialist republics. Second, if you notice, in typical Bernie fashion, he didn't mention anything about Venezuela. And third, the democratic socialists he referred to, you know, the ones who stood up and fought against that, they were the Bolsheviks who ushered in socialism slash communism in the first place, which turned out to be worse than living under the corruption of the czars. Beyond that, Anyone who stood up against the murderous totalitarian regime either disappeared, never to be seen again, was arrested and sent to the gulag, or was shot by the secret police. And those were the lucky ones. The rest of the Soviet victims starved. Just read the Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. He goes into incredible detail about exactly what it was like to live in the Soviet Union under socialist rule. You know, it's incredible how these socialist tyrants can just roll all the lies right off their tongue, just like that, like there's nothing to it. And also, notice how they always go after the youth when they try to lie to people about their intentions to have the government crush everything in its path? They also never show any youth with opposing views. I believe that these snakes target this college generation because they know this is a generation full of kids who have been deliberately miseducated and who have been taught virtually nothing about history. So it's easy to suck them in and to fool them. Bernie then goes on to tell this kid interviewing him, your generation, younger generation, will in all likelihood have a lower standard of living than their parents. Your generation is leaving school more deeply in debt having a much harder time finding affordable housing. The jobs that you get will pay less, so the idea of creating a society with more egalitarianism, I think, is very appealing. So, let's unpack this. If this kid interviewing him is a part of a generation that will have a lower standard of living than their parents, then that would include me. I think considering these frauds don't bother to get opposing views from younger people, it's important to let everyone know that I am a part of this younger generation and I vehemently oppose socialism and even more vehemently support capitalism. The reason this generation will have a lower standard of living is because government is way too involved in our lives now. 
government people love to cause the problem and then tell you what the problem is and suggest that more government is the solution to the problem. Don't even get me started on how my generation is leaving school more deeply in debt. That's because the government got involved in the student loan business to encourage everyone to go to college, to get a thorough socialist indoctrination, and to borrow thousands of dollars to do it. Colleges and universities figured out that they could charge whatever they wanted for tuition because they knew the government would pay them. So they raised their tuition costs every year, causing student borrowers to need more and more money, saddling them with more and more debt upon graduation, only to find out there are no fantasy careers awaiting them because now that everyone has a bachelor's, their degree is worthless. Yet they still have thousands of dollars of student loan debt, which makes it nearly impossible to buy a house at any point, and they certainly can't buy a new car. Government always tries to tell people they want more egalitarianism, but it's never equality of wealth. It's always equality of misery. What they don't tell you is that the tyrants at the top of this socialist scheme enjoy a much higher standard of living than the masses of the great unwashed. They try to pull this stunt because they think you're stupid and won't do your own research and figure things out for yourself. For those of you looking for clarification of exactly what Bernie means when he talks about his version of socialism, he did say back in 2016, when I talk about democratic socialism, I'm not looking at Venezuela. I'm not looking at Cuba. I'm looking at countries like Denmark and Sweden. Bernie claims if you go to countries like Denmark or Sweden, you see very little poverty. Hold up. Wait a minute. Denmark and Sweden are not socialist. They have a lot of big government and title programs, but they're not socialist. How predictable. He doesn't want to use countries that are actually socialist as a model. He wants to use countries that are capitalist as a model. It's also interesting to note that Bernie praised Castro and the Cuban regime in the past, but now suddenly it's a terrible example of socialism. He's also praised Venezuela in the past. I guess now that the socialist dream he had turned out to be a nightmare, he can't use that as an example anymore. He has to use capitalist countries as his model for socialism. So why wouldn't Bernie want to use Venezuela or the Soviet Union or Cuba as a model for his democratic socialism? And seeing as how he said the Soviet Union was an authoritarian society with no democratic rights and still others believe socialism doesn't involve authoritarian dictatorship, let's talk about how Venezuela and Cuba started out and where they are today. We're going to discuss an abridged version of Venezuelan history. Credit to Rafael Acevedo and Luis Siraco at the Mises Institute. In 1914, Venezuela opened its first oil well and entered the international oil market. At the time, the government stayed out of the oil business and left it largely to private enterprise, as well as most other industries. International trade was pretty free too, but around 1950, the government nationalized the telephone company and created several state-owned companies and state-owned banks. Up until this point, Venezuela was pretty economically free, though the country was ruled by dictatorship. 1958 ushered in democracy, but with the trade-off of diminishing economic freedom. It bears noting that the first democratically elected president, Romulo Betancourt, was a former communist turned social democrat. There's really no difference, so I don't understand why they felt the need to distinguish between the two. It's important to tell you this man was a social democrat because people like Bernie Sanders and others call themselves democratic socialists. The only difference between Bernie 
and Romulo Betancourt is the order of the words. Betancourt's presidency started the 60-year decline that is likely to end in a violent coup. Betancourt instituted price controls, rent controls, and numerous other regulations and established a new constitution averse to private property. Private property is essential in a free country. The destruction of private enterprise only continued with each successive leader. This, of course, led to expanding impoverishment and unrest. Then along came Venezuela's so-called savior. His name was Hugo Chavez. Of course, he did as every socialist does. He basically said that Venezuela was in trouble under this version of socialism, so he would institute even more radical socialism. Predictably, Chavez's more radical socialism only made things worse. And to add insult to injury, Nicolas Maduro issued yet another constitution that was even more averse to private property than Betancourt's constitution to the point of eliminating private property altogether. And he has allowed himself to stay in power for life. This is what happens with this ideology. You allow them to start with one socialist policy and they just keep going until it's almost impossible to stop them. Perhaps the first person in power under socialism has one particular brand of socialism, but as supposedly benevolent as their intentions may be, it always leads to poverty, starvation, death, and destruction. And what about this? Whomever ushers in socialism will not live forever. Who is to say that the next person in power will continue this same brand of socialism? Socialism is all about growing government, which means growing tyranny, and taking people's rights away. Capitalism is about very limited government and requires a moral people to function because government is inherently corrupt. Something happens to people when they get behind the levers of power. It gets to their head, and most of the time they abuse power. This is why you need the flexibility of capitalism, because markets naturally evolve and adapt as people come and go. People are free to find ways to meet their needs without government interference and bonus. They don't starve or have to resort to eating out of the garbage and bathing in the sewer. The Nicolas Maduro regime has moved into authoritarianism. His military is present everywhere and uses trucks to run down dissidents. Maduro's government has killed many of the resistance and persecutes them every day. People have resorted to eating dogs and pigeons to survive. People are so desperate that they're willing to walk to Colombia, lining up by the thousands to cross the Simon Bolivar Bridge to buy food in Colombia, and they don't even know if the shelves might be bare by the time they get there. Venezuelan adults have lost an average of 20 pounds because of the lack of food under Maduro's reign of terror. The sickest part of it is that Maduro closed the border for four months because he didn't want anyone to be able to bring humanitarian aid into the country. Things are so bad in Venezuela that people are stealing clothes off of corpses in cemeteries. Cuba started out pretty similarly to Venezuela. Credit The Guardian. Che Guevara and Fidel Castro promised hope and change after the overthrow of the Batista regime, and they only brought despair of the same. Che Guevara dreamt of an egalitarian system just as Bernie does, but it didn't turn out that way. He turned out to be a murderer too. There is an ever wider gap between the poor and those with access to foreign currency and government contacts. Socialism always favors the well-connected. Today, 
People can't afford basic goods and live in extreme poverty, not to mention the fact that they can't leave the island without the government's permission. When socialism fails, the people in control always point the finger in the other direction, just like the Cuban government, who blames the U.S. embargo for its economic woes. Communism has nothing to do with it, I promise. The state controls 90% of the Cuban economy, and everyone is required to work for the government. Food is rationed, but it's barely enough to do anything but keep people from dying. Scientists and teachers have left the profession to do things like wait tables and drive taxi cabs because the pay is better than the pittance the government gives them in their professions. There's nothing wrong with waiting tables or driving a cab, but it's no secret that a teacher or a scientist would normally make more money than a waitress or cabbie in a capitalist system. The irony of socialism in Cuba is that it only survives because of the capitalist black markets people have created to earn enough cash to get by. Protesters are fined or jailed and likely beaten in prison. Opposition is not allowed, and any political opposition is met with indefinite jail time. It's always the same story. It starts out all right, with excitement even. But then the socialist dictator who holds democratic elections does so as a total sham because they're just for show to appease the humanitarians of the world. And they're always in the bag for the dictator every time. The only thing democratic about democratic socialism is that you get to choose the person who will crush you with the iron fist of government. You notice the common theme through all these examples of socialist countries? One, Bernie used to praise both Venezuela and Cuba, but no longer does because it's not politically expedient and the socialist disaster is glaringly obvious in each. The Soviet Union collapsed entirely in 1991, Cubans are still driving cars from 1958 and scrambling for scraps from the government, and Venezuela has descended into violent chaos that is likely to result in a coup to overthrow Maduro. And two, every single one of these are cases of complete and abject failure. The people in these countries live under authoritarian rule with no civil liberties to speak of. Political opposition is met with brute force, whether it be imprisonment, a good old-fashioned beating, execution, or disappearance. The Soviet Union just happens to have collapsed entirely, whereas Cuba and Venezuela hold on by a thread. The only reason these two hang on at this point is because of the many glimpses of capitalism over the course of time. The sad thing is, in Cuba, the people know that their situation is dire that they're ridiculously poor and that they lack for much, yet they hold on to this memory of the revolution and the supposed successes in education and medicine so they don't fight back. I'm going to leave you on this anecdote about Joseph Stalin, read directly from Ravi Zacharias' book called Can Man Live Without God? It's a parable-like illustration of the mindset of so-called democratic socialist revolutionaries, and take from it what you will. On one occasion, so it was narrated, Stalin called for a live chicken and proceeded to use it to make an unforgettable point before some of his henchmen. Forcefully clutching the chicken in one hand with the other, he began to systematically pluck out its feathers. As the chicken struggled in vain to escape, he continued with the painful denuding until the bird was completely stripped. Now you watch. Stalin said, as he placed the chicken on the floor and walked away with some breadcrumbs in his hand. 
Incredibly, the fear-crazed chicken hobbled toward him and clung to the legs of his trousers. Stalin threw a handful of grain to the bird, and as it began to follow him around the room, he turned to his dumbfounded colleagues and said quietly, This is the way to rule the people. Did you see how that chicken followed me for food, even though I had caused it such torture? People are like that chicken. If you inflict inordinate pain on them, they will follow you for food the rest of their lives. This has been the Shrewsbury Show on 93.3 FM WTRH Ramsey. Tune in next time for more.